Good morning, PCA. On your feet. I love that. I was watching the video back there. God is moving. Amen. Yes. He's so good to us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we can walk by faith and not by sight. Help us to do that. I believe. 
Amen. You are so good to us, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. The Bible says that he was given over to sinners to be crucified for you and for me. But on the third day, he rose again. Hallelujah. Our Jesus rose again. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And because of that, all things are possible. Because of that, we can go through Jesus to come to the Father. Thank you, Lord. You are so good to us. You are so good, God. The God of creation took our place. The God of redemption opened the way. The day you gave your life seemed to fail you in our eyes. But the stone rolled
all that you've done for us. You know, because of what he's done for us, we have, we have this amazing thing where his truth sets us free. The truth about Jesus and the truth about ourselves sets us free. And it is so awesome to know, thank you, Lord, that you set me free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are so good to me, God.
Lord. You are beautiful, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. You know, because he died for us. Because he died for us and he was raised to life. He wants to give us life. Do you feel like you're living a good life? Because that's what Jesus came for you to have. Thank you, Lord. In the dark and all alone, growing comfortable. Are you too scared to move and walk out of this tomb? Buried underneath the lies that you believe. Safe and sound, stuck in the ground, too lost to be found. You're just asleep, and it's time to leave. Come on and you're alive now. Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us out from the grave like Lazarus? Your brand new power of death couldn't hold you. Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us out from the grave like
you, Jesus. You are so good, God. You are worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. And I bless your holy name. I bless your holy name. You know, the Bible is, I just love God's word. Don't you love God's word? Man, I just love God's word. But it tells us that when we praise our God, that he inhabits our praises. There's just something special about that. And so when we're praising him, he's right here with us. And our God wants to fight our battles for us. And so we just need to praise him more. When, when I have something difficult going on, that's usually when I'm praising even harder than normal because I know God wants to do it for me. Amen? Amen? Thank you, Lord. This is how I find my battles. This is how I find my battles. And this is how I find my battles. This is how I find my battles. This is how I find my battles. This is how I find my
This is how I fight my battles. 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 This is how I fight my focus on him all those things can't scare us anymore if we truly focus on him and know that he truly is our God that is well able to take care of us then the fear the fear has no perfect love drives out fear his love is perfect
need mended? Do you have fear? Think more about our Lord Jesus and how awesome our God is. in everyone in this building. Yeah, if you want to give him some love, let's do that. Lord, I love you. I bless your name. I thank you that you are perfect, and I thank you that you are here. Make your presence known to every person in this building today, Lord. Open our eyes to who you are and what you want to do in us what you want to do in us. Lord, may we all just open our hearts just so wide to you today and let you have your way. Have your way in this place today, Lord. Speak to us through, Pastor. I know it's going to be powerful. And I thank you that you have a word that's just for us, just for now. And it's going to be beautiful and awesome. I praise you, Lord. I thank you, God. You are good. Give him one more clap. Give him another shout. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Lord. You are good, God. Thank you, Lord. Good morning. You may be seated. Can you hear me? Well, now's the time we get to praise and worship through our giving. A couple of announcements really quick. Tonight at 6 p.m. is a special call business meeting. This business meeting is for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to vote for your pastor. It'll be a yes, we stay, and a no, we go. So if you don't vote, you can't complain or brag, so be here. Also, Tuesday night, uh, this coming Tuesday night, the WMs are having a cookie decorating party. If you are interested, ladies, and want to come, we're going to have a special guest here, a professional, to show us how to decorate the cookies. So $20, and that will include all of your supplies, and you get to take the cookies home. If you are interested in going, we need you to sign up. Today's the last day in the foyer, so we know how many to uh, prepare for. Okay, commercial's all done. Boy, wasn't that great worship, praise and worship? Man, I needed that. Talk about fear. Even I have fear sometimes. Scary. Life can be scary. Your life can change in a minute, in a moment, in an instant. Your life can be changed. But if Jesus is with you, you can go through anything, right? He's right there with you. Fight every battle. There's lots of ways that you can give today. You can give in the sanctuary with our ushers. You can give out in the foyer at our kiosk. You can give online at our website, pca.com. You can also give on the app. If you do not have the app, please go to your app store, play store, search for pca.com or PCA Church, download the app, answer affirmatively, and you'll have the app. And also you can text to the number behind me. I don't know it by heart, but you can see it. 
lots of ways to give. Gentlemen, if you will come. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this time of worship, Father. Thank you for your touch. Thank you for your presence that's evident here today. And Lord, I pray that you would bless every giver. Give it back to them, pressed down, shaken together, running over as your word promises. And Lord, your word is so true. You never fail. You never fail, Father. You are always faithful. And Lord, we pray that you would bless this offering and it would meet the needs of our church and the outreach to our community, Father. Help us be the mighty church that you would have us to be in this city, to be the light on the hill, Father, to reach your, to be your hands extended. Father, I pray a special anointing on my husband this morning, double portion, God, that you would bless him and use him for your glory. Prepare every heart, mind, and soul to receive your word. We'll be so very careful to give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Man, it's great to be in the house of the Lord today. Great worship, great praise. It's always good to be in the house. Could you stand with me this morning? And before we get into the message, I want us just to have a quick word of prayer for our nation. I just feel kind of heavy-hearted over our nation today. There's so much division. There's so much um, violence and hatred and rage. And I believe we need the Prince of Peace to just speak peace over our nation, don't you? That can happen. Nothing is impossible to God. So would you just take your hand, lift it up to God for just a moment, and join me for just a minute as we pray. Father, right now you said in your word that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, I pray today, God, that we humble ourselves in your presence, that we repent of all of our sins. And as a nation, we have sins we need to repent of. And Father, I pray for our nation today, for all of our leaders, the president, vice president, all the congressmen, all the senators, all of the state governors, the mayors, the city council, all of these men and women who have dedicated their lives to public service. I pray today, God, somehow that, God, you speak to their hearts and leadership. You speak to our nation. You revive our churches today to preach the truth because truth is what we have to have today. And I pray for our nation. I pray for our leaders. I, this is the greatest nation, I believe, on the face of this earth. And I pray today, God, that you cause us again to be unified behind one name. That is Jesus Christ and him crucified, raised from the dead. And, Father, we know he's coming back soon. And, Father, I pray, bless this nation. And everybody said amen and amen. Remain standing. Take your Bible. Take your phone. Whatever the word of God is for you. Lift it up high, shake it. Just This is where hell just gets a little nervous right here because you're about to have your faith increased today. Amen? Repeat this after me. Thy word, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Thy word is a light unto my path. Thy word will I hide in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Lord, help me every day to read thy word. Lord, help me. Every day to live thy word. I love thy word. And dear Lord, help me. Amen. We all need help. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Help me. Sometimes we come to church and we think God needs to help everybody else. But I believe today it's all personal. Well, the title of my message is this. Well, we've never done it like that before. Uh, every pastor's heard that throughout the ages. Every pastor has had someone come up to them and say, Well, pastor, we've never done it like that before. Uh, through the years, this phrase has been just riveted over and over. Or maybe this phrase, Well, the previous pastor did it this way. I know you've never been guilty of saying that. Nothing wrong with either one of these statements. 
The problem sometimes is God just does things differently. God just does some things differently. Pastor Moses was a great pastor. Let me believe that. Pastor Moses, great pastor. Man, this was a phenomenal pastor. He led the people out of Israel, I mean out of Egypt bondage through some spectacular ways that had never been done before. I mean, this guy had his staff. He threw it down on the ground. It became a snake. At that point, I would have left it there had I been the pastor. But Pastor Moses reached down, picks it up, it becomes a staff again. That's pretty incredible. Well, we've never done it like that before. And then there's all kinds of things that Moses did. I mean, he um, had them be led out, God said, by a cloud by day and a fire by night. Well, say it with me. We've never done it like that before. Yeah. We also had it to where their food was delivered by God six days a week. Every morning they'd go out and pick up the food. They didn't have to plant. They didn't have to harvest. Just God would give it to them every morning. Brand new manna every day. Say it with me. Well, we've never done it like that before. For 40 years that happened. Moses came to the sea. He says, hey, here's what let's do. Take the staff, raises it. The waters part left and right. There was no boat building campaign going on. He just parted the seas and the people walked through. And the Bible says, on dry ground. Say it with me. Well, we've never done it like that before. They needed some water. Moses struck a rock and water flowed out. Well, we've never done it like that before. And Moses was a great pastor, a pastor for a very long time. And they, they'll tell you in the church world that whenever you go into a church and the pastor has been there a long, long time, it's hard to fill their shoes because everybody trusts that pastor. Everybody believes in that pastor. What he says, they go, this must be from God. It's hard to follow a pastor like that. And so Pastor Joshua is now tapped on the shoulder. You're now the pastor. Can you imagine the pressure? Put on him. I bet he's praying, Lord, please don't let us come to a sea we can't cross. God, please provide water every day. God, I, I believe that today I'm not going to have to throw this staff down and become a snake because I don't know that I can pick it up. I can just hear the prayer life of Pastor Joshua, new pastor, never been a pastor before, didn't know what to do, and now he has to follow Pastor Moses of all the pastors. And so here's Joshua's first test of leadership. Wouldn't this be great? I mean, you've been in the pastorate for like a month. You've had the honeymoon period. And then all of a sudden, God says, okay, here's your first test. Jericho. What? Are you serious? This is, this is step one. You couldn't have started out with something smaller. You've got to start out with Jericho because Jericho was a massive city. It had these walls around. That's what it's known for, right? As little kids, we learned the song about the walls of Jericho. They were so tall and so wide, and no one had ever penetrated the walls of Jericho. As a matter of fact, whenever the people of Jericho saw an enemy approaching, it was party time at the wall. They, they sent out all the memos. Party at the wall, 6 p.m., party at the wall, party at the wall. Bring all the food, set up on the wall, and they would watch the enemy approach, and they would laugh at them. They would mock them. It was a fun day in Jericho because no one could ever 
break down those walls. And now Pastor Joshua is faced with the walls at Jericho. And so he goes to God and says, hey, what are you going to do? God goes, i got a plan, Joshua. What I want you to do is tell everybody, shut up. Don't make a peep. And how many of you know that's the first syllable of our language? We are peep holes. So what we do is we peep. He says, Joshua, tell them all for six days, march around this city one time, and do not peep. Do not make, can you imagine a million plus people, three million, some say, and don't make a sound. Yeah, six days, one time. Tell the people, no talking. Now, these were the same people who did a whole lot of murmuring under Pastor Moses. You got to understand, Pastor Moses wasn't the perfect pastor, but he was the only pastor they had, and they did a lot of murmuring and moo-mooing and complaining we gotta go get manna is there anything else on the menu today I mean come on we've got the same clothes on for 40 years can you do something better about that yeah so every pastor has complaints even pastor Moses but pastor Joshua tells all these people and then uh, uh, what on the seventh day seven times around but six times without a sound are you kidding me so he goes and tells the people of Israel this and then can you imagine the table talk in the tents that night. What did Joshua say today, Dad? That guy is off his rocker, man. If Moses was here, he would just say the word and we would take the city. But no, he goes, we got to go six days, one time around, and don't make a sound. The kid's like, what? That's a big city. That's going to take a long time. What about just potty breaks, anything? Nothing. And then on the seventh day, we got to do it seven times. What? Can you imagine how much pressure Joshua felt? Why? Well, we've never done it like that before. And then you've got this other pastor. Look at 1 Corinthians 1.27. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. God does things different sometimes. I think sometimes we get caught up in this is the only way God can do anything. In order to have a revival, we got to have an evangelist. And it better be somebody that we know and all these. No, God can do a revival however he wants to. God has done revivals throughout the, the history of the church by ways that confounded everybody else. God used people that people were confounded as to why they would be used. God wanted the people of Israel to know that only God can give you the city. You cannot do it in your own intellect. You cannot do it with your own strategy. Only God. And God wants all the glory. God wants all the praise, all the honor. Everything goes to God. That's why sometimes God puts you and God puts me in situations that only God can do something about it. Because if you think you can get your strategies and your intellect to solve it, then you're going to get all the glory. Look what I did. You're going to get all the honor and the praise. Look what we did. But when it's impossible, that's when God gets all the praise. Matthew 19, 26. Jesus looked at them and said this, With man, this is impossible. But with God, say it with me, 
all things are possible. With God, say it again, all things are possible. I want you to get this today because if you live long enough, maybe you already have, you're going to come to an impossible situation in your life. And God may have led you there to that place. Why? So he gets all the glory, he gets all the honor, he gets all the praise. And well, we've never done it like that before. God will always help us when we get put into impossible situations. God makes them possible. Do you believe that today? If you do, give God a big hand clap of praise. If you really believe that, Pastor Moses. Then we got Pastor Gideon comes on the scene and Judge Judges. Judges chapter 7, verse 1. Early in the morning, Jerubbaal, that is Gideon, and all his men encamped at the spring of Herod. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Moreh. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands, or Israel would boast against me, saying, my own hand, my own strength has saved me. So God has a plan. Here's what I want you to do, Gideon. I want you to ask all the guys if they've got somewhere else they'd rather be than in war. Tell them they can go home. So he goes out to his army. He goes, guys, I'm just here to tell you, if there's any reason you'd like to go home, today you can go home and there'll be nothing said. And 22,000 men left. How would you like to be the pastor of that church? Yeah. Okay, if anybody just doesn't want to come anymore, just go ahead, go, leave. And all of a sudden, 22,000 people get up and walk out on you. That would kind of hinder your message, I think, a little bit after that. I think in just that moment, Gideon would be like, wait, what? I didn't think anybody would go. And God says, you got too many men. And then he looks at Gideon again and says, you still have too many men. I want you to take them down to the river. I'm going to separate them. I'm going to thin them out. Because some of them are going to drink with their heads in the water and lap it. Then some of them are going to bend down and lap the water out like a dog. And so I want to tell you which was to keep and which was to go. And so they went to the river and Gideon was left with 300. 300 men. Yeah. Can you imagine after having tens of thousands in an army down to 300? And God says, this is the strategy, Gideon. I want you to get everybody to get a clay, clay piece of pottery, a clay pitcher. I want you to put a torch inside of it. And then when I tell you to, you're going to break the clay pitcher, let the torch shine. You're going to blow trumpets, and you're going to win. What? What about the shields and the spears and the arrows and all the things we have men? No, no, no. Take all that armor stuff off. This is going to be a little different. And I can just hear Gideon say, well, we've never done it like that before. So can you imagine going into these trained 300 men? I mean, these are like the SWAT teams. These are the Green Berets. These are the bad, bad dudes who said, I'm not going home. These are the bad dudes that God said, I want to take off all your armor, lay down your shield, your spear, your sword, all these things, and get a, get a torch and get a pitcher and a trumpet. Here we go. I don't even know how to play the trumpet. What, what do you do? He said, just blow on it. I don't know. And so he has them surround the encampment of all these armies of Midian in the middle of the night. 
He gives the word. They break the pitcher. The torch shines. And they blow the trumpet at the shout. And the Bible says that the enemy turned on itself and killed each other. And they didn't even have to do anything. All they had to do was obey God. Isn't that amazing? They broke a pitcher, they blew a trumpet, and was given victory. Why? Because God says, well, we've never done it that way. We don't have a, a class over here on how to do it this way. We don't have a, a class on how to break uh, pottery or how to keep the torch lit in it. We don't know how to blow the trumpet. We just know God says this is what we're going to do. Wow. Why? Because God gets all the glory. Can you imagine the grandfather sitting around the, the table in the, telling his grandson, you're never going to believe this, boy, but back in my day, we did things a little different. Yeah. God gets all the glory. Then you got Pastor Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat is facing armies from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, three different armies. And God gives him a strategy. He said, I want you to go down, Take your army and destroy the enemy. No, that's not what God says. Here's what God tells Pastor Jehovah's Man. He said, I want you. I got this crazy idea, Jehoshaphat. Here's what I want. I want you to get all the people who are on the praise team and the musicians. I want you to get them together, give them a good speech, get them fired up, and send them straight into the camp of the enemy. And then we'll just let the army fall away back. Look at this. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 21. After consulting the people, I don't think there's much consulting going on. I think it's kind of telling them. Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army saying this, Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. So you got these men. We are not praisers. Well, today you are. But I've got my shield and my spirit. I'm ready to go. No, no, no. Put that down. Because today you're going to sing. Can you imagine that morning? Everybody, la, 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 all these guys. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. It's a cappella. Let's do it again. Can everybody do that? Are you ready with me? Give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. You ready? One, two, three. Give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. That was intimidating. That would cause me to fear right there. So he gets these, these men and they're out and they run down into this, the camps of these three massive armies singing this. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And God causes confusion to come upon all three of the armies. And instead of them fighting the singers, they turn their swords on each other going, oh wait, I don't know you. And they all killed 100% of the armies. Isn't that amazing? Well, we've never done it like that before. And all the army and all the people had to do was walk in, take the splendor off the ground, all that plunder, everything, and just pack it up and take it out. All the gold, all the silver, all the clothes, all the army supply. I mean, everything God gave it to them. Why? Because they were put in an impossible situation. And God says, you know what, let's do something a little bit different today. Why? Only God gets all the glory. Only God gets all the honor. Only God gets all the praise. You cannot tell people that story without giving all the glory to God. 
Well, well, did y'all have, you know, like, you know, kind of a spirit at your back? No, no, we didn't take anything. Well, what if? There's no plan B here. There's only God's plan. I can just hear the people of Israel that seventh day, couldn't you? This is going to be so pathetic. Can you believe what the pastors asked them to do? Listen, I've been in that place before. I've been in the place where God uh, gives a vision of the church to the pastor. and I remember presenting a, a vision to a church one day, and, and I really thought, man, this is going to just boom, and the, the roof's going to come off the church, and it landed like a piece of rock on the ground. And I came home really, really defeated, and God said, what did I tell you? I said, I know, but the people... He said, this has nothing to do with the people. And God gave me a, a little dream that Sunday night. I don't, I don't believe in having too many dreams. Or, but God gave me a little dream. And I remembered, he said, in this dream, I was walking up a mountain. Anybody ever walked up a mountain? It was a pretty hard walk. Nothing easy about it. And so you go through these switchbacks, and I was walking up the mountain. And I got to the top of the mountain, and I looked over on the other side. And God, right there in that dream, spoke to me with this. He said, this is where you are. You're on the top of the mountain looking to the other side. Everybody in the church is still back there in the valley. They cannot see what I'm showing you. So they cannot know what you know. But you know, and that's enough. Man, I woke up that Monday morning. I was ready to fight an army I was ready. I mean, I was so pumped up. And Sandy said, what's going on? She said, yet last night when you went to bed, you were kind of down. I said, but this morning, God has said. Isn't that amazing when we say that? Here's what God said we were to do. And man, all of a sudden, the tide began to turn in that church. I mean, those people that didn't want to go, they went home. All of a sudden, God started bringing in people, and they're going, what are we going to do? Well, I'm like, man, I tell you what, here's what God has given me. And within just a short amount of time, God had brought in the people that says, hey, we want to do what God wants to do. We don't want to put our trust in a pastor. We don't want to put our trust in the government. We don't want to put our trust in anybody else. We put our trust in God. And man, when you get people that say that, you can take the impossible with God, all things become possible. You can take what the enemy says is not going to happen and you can turn it around and say, this is what God says. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And shout it and begin to march into impossible situations. You see, Pastor Joshua, I'm sure had a lot of people, because I've had a lot of people like this before in my churches, and I may have some of you here today, and if you're here today, that's okay. I'm telling you, it's okay, because God makes all types of people. You would not believe it, but when I was unsaved, I was very quiet and very introverted. Can you believe that? But when I got born again, God changed me, recreated me into something that's very, very loud and always talking and never shuts up, never. My talk in my sleep. Because something got to burning inside of me. And, and I had people tell me for years, oh, as you become older, you won't get so excited. And I'm telling you, the older I get, the more excited I get because the closer I get to Jesus coming back. How can you not be excited about that? 
And there's something that burns. And when there's something burning inside of you, Jeremiah said it's like a fire and it's shut up in my bones and I don't know what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to have to just shout a little bit. But I think Pastor Joshua probably had some people like I've always had in my church that come to me and go, but Pastor, I'm not a shouter. I understand. God made every one of us different. I'm not a shouter. I'm really quiet. And if, ever, if anybody was to ever know that I was ever at church, I would be embarrassed. They come in. They go out. They're very quiet. That, that's fine because God made all of us. I'll shout loud, okay? But I've had people say, do, do, we, have a, do we have a class on shouting? I've really had that question. Do we have a class on shouting? I'm like, no, we don't have a class on shouting. We have a lot of classes, but I don't think we have one on shouting. Um, it might not last but one Sunday because then everybody's throats would be sore and we would be able to do it the next Sunday, but we don't have a class on shouting. And um, Well, Pastor, I'm more of just an encourager than a shouter. I understand that. We need encouragers. We need encouragers. But there are times. When impossible is right in front of you. There are times where God will lead you right to the point of impossible just to see how bad do you want impossible to be possible and then also how much do you want God to get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise instead of somebody, something else and we can rationalize it all out. You see, I've been in many places because it seems like God is always leading me to the impossible situations. Yeah. Uh, we started a building program at our previous church, and on the first Sunday, we, we shared this. Everybody was for it. But then when it got put into place and they realized, we're not going to be in our church on Sunday. We're going to be in our church on Saturday night. Yes. 300 people left in one Sunday. Yeah. I got to tell you, that was a shock to my system. But it was not a shock to my faith. And I went home and I said, God, you're in control. You are in control. You do not start anything that he is not faithful to complete it. God will never start anything that he is not. He will never lead you to a Jericho just to let you fail. He, he will never lead you to a place to where you, just you and no more, and, and there, that's enough. That's enough. Because if God be for us, then who? And be against you. Who? Who? I don't, there's no answer to that. No one. We are. We are the majority in every situation. And God will lead you to a place where he'll ask you to do some of the most outland. Well, we've never done it like that before. And God's going, that's why I want to get all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. So when you tell somebody your testimony, you have to say, it was God that did it. Man. Well, I wish Pastor Moses was here, Joshua. He'd be able to do it with just lift that staff thing, and it'd all be done right there. I tell you, that's the way we used to do it all the time. We stood behind him, and he did the staff thing, and that solved all our problems. We didn't have to do much, and you're asking us to do a lot. Not only we have to walk around it six times, shh, no peep, and then on the seventh time when you give the shout, they're going to blow trumpets, and, and, we, and we're to do what? Shout. I think I'm going to have a lot of dust in my throat by then, and, you know, I'm going to be tired. Can we shout the first time we go? Because I'll be really fresh, be really ready. Um, yeah, all these excuses, all these times when God is getting us to the precipice of doing something impossible, 
we begin to shrink back and go, well, you know, now that I've thought about it, now that I think about it, that's the whole problem. We think like a man, and God moves like God. Did you know today that archaeologists have found the remains of Jericho? Yeah, they found it. They found the great walls that were there. They're still intact. You see, when the people shouted, the walls did not collapse inward toward the city. The walls did not collapse outward away from the city. But the walls went straight down into the earth. Archaeologists are saying they, that it looks like God placed his hands on top of the walls and just pushed them straight down. Isn't that amazing? And the people, they walked across on level ground. They didn't have to walk over the rubble. They didn't have to you know, risk falling or skinning a knee or twisting an ankle. Look at this, Joshua chapter 6, verse 20. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout... I love the way the Bible puts this in there. In the King James, it was a great shout. The wall collapsed. Everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. We want God to take this city, don't we? Guess who it is dependent upon? Not God. You and me. Will we be obedient to what God has asked us to do so that he can take the city and he gets all the glory, all the honor, all the power, and all the praise? Because that's the only way God will do this. The only way. I've seen God allow a church to take a city. I've seen God allow people to get out of their comfort zones. Those who were not shouters become the loudest people in the church. Those people who said, I cannot dance, dance all over the auditorium. People who said, I don't want to draw attention, all of a sudden are raising their hands, running up and down the aisles. Why? Because God just put his hands on impossible and just shoved it right straight back to hell where it came from. That will make you shout. That will make you dance. That will make you blow a trumpet when you don't even know what a trumpet is. That will make you throw down the spear and the shield and begin to run and dance and praise God. Why? Because God puts his hands on top of impossible and makes it possible so that you walk across on level grounds. And you may say, well, pastor, that's pretty good for those Israelites. Well, that was pretty good for Pastor Jehoshaphat and Pastor Gideon. And, but wait a minute, don't you see a trend here? You see, biblical theology is not based upon one event in the Bible. You do not build theology off of one part of the Bible. But you do build theology off whenever it happens over and over and over and over. At Jericho, what did God inhabit? Praise, shout, music. Whenever Pastor Gideon had 300 men, what did God inhabit? He inhabited the shout, the praise of the trumpets, God's in the praise. When it happened with Pastor Jehoshaphat, what took place? 
they began to do something. They began to shout and pray. They began to sing, praise be to God, his love endures forever. And they began to march with that power and the anointing. They marched right into the straits of the enemy, and the enemy turns on itself. You see, there's something that happens when we get into impossible, and we all of a sudden begin to obey God before something happens. It's easy to praise God when God already does something, but it's hard to praise God before anything shakes, before anything moves, before the arm even wakes up it's hard to praise God and it's hard to shout when you don't feel like it yeah it's hard I've been there I've been on the precipice of impossible and I've seen God get all the glory all the power all the honor and all the praise Sandy and I've been faced with cancer straight up faced with it and I got to tell you, in that moment, it'll kick you in the gut. But then all of a sudden, you get into the presence of God, and God goes, well, let's do it this way. Well, it's never been done like that before. Because they've already taken biopsies, and there's cancer there, and it's stage four. And we, you know, we, God goes, let me just take a little time. I remember I had a test done on Thursday, and I wasn't going to get the results back till Monday. I remember the sermon I preached that day. It was a simple sermon. I'll fly away. Yeah. But I was preaching in faith because I don't have results. And I got to tell you, when you don't have results, the enemy will whisper in your ear. I'm taking your voice away from you. I'm taking your esophagus out of your body. You have cancer. You're never going to preach again. This is your last message. And I thought, if this is my last one, I'm going to make it a good one. If this is my last one, I'm going to ring the bells of heaven off of it. And so I preached, man, God, power fell in that place. Went to the doctor on Monday. We had, all, we had over 70 people of the church in the waiting rooms out there at the hospital. They're like, who are you? I said, why? They go, we got all these people out there waiting on the results. I'm like, I'm just a pastor. I said, but those people, those people are ready to shout. Doctor comes back with the news, me and Sandy are in there. All I could do was cry. Wasn't a whole lot of shout left in me. But he said, you know, we did all these biopsies, we can't find one cell of cancer anywhere. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Only God does that. Same thing happened with her. Stage four ovarian cancer took, took I mean, it's on a Thursday again. Had to wait till Monday. They took all these polyps and took all these things, biopsies, and they came back stage four. We got to get you into surgery immediately. And the doctor comes out and she says, in 30 minutes, I'm going to give you this. And if it's bad, I'm going to ring you and we'll talk what to do. And all this 30 minutes, they rang me. The doctor comes out with pages and pages and pages. And she said, I don't know what happened. She says, what do you do? Exact words. The surgeon said, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a pastor. I said, why? She began to show me page after page with pictures about this big all over each page. And she said, last week on Thursday, all of these pages had cancer on them. But today, I cannot find one single thing of cancer in her body. What do you want to do? You got to shout. You got to shout a little bit before it happens. Because on that Sunday, I preached another message. 
Only God can move mountains. Say to this mountain, be cast into the sea. We got to have mountains there before they are cast. People want healing, but they don't want to get sick. People want to be raised from the dead, but they don't want to die. We want the result without having the problem. Sometimes the impossible, God brings you right face to face with the impossible. Why? So only God gets all the glory. Only God gets all the honor. Only God gets all the praise. And sometimes you got to do something that you've never done before. So we come here, we got a mountain facing us. I wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, I got a wife who's walking around the backyard enclosed by this fence, and I see her out there, I hear her out there, hands raised up, walking around this fence, praising God in an unknown language and speaking things into being that have never been. And I looked out there, and this lady has her hands, and she doesn't care if it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Why? Because there's impossible in our way. And she's praying to God who makes all things impossible possible, who puts his hands on it and shoves it back to the pit of hell where it came from. And I'm telling you here today, church, we got to take this city we are not led here by God to stand around and go, wow, that's intimidating. Wow, this is something we've never done before. We've done the sea thing. We've done the water thing. We've done the cloud and the fire. But we've never done this before. We've never done this before. And pastors never ask us to do that. Yeah. So in the next few moments, I'm going to allow you to exercise whatever faith you need to exercise. Because faith without works is dead. Now i got to tell you, the first thing that always pops in my mind is this. Well, what are people going to think? If I'm in my impossible situation, I really don't care what you think. Because it's not your situation. It's my situation. Some of you may have a, a marriage issue today that looks impossible. Some of you, some of you may have even built walls around yourself so I don't get hurt ever again. I'm not going to let another person hurt me, so I'm going to put these walls up and nobody's going to bring these walls down. I'm telling you today, God can bring those walls down and cause you to love and cause you to be free and cause you to be the person God has called you to be instead of being in bondage to those walls. Maybe you're here today and you've got financial issues, health issues. Maybe, maybe you've been to the doctor lately and there's some serious health issues. I'm telling you, you're not going to get the result of only God by going, now I lay me down to sleep. Well, whatever happens will happen. That's not what God gets involved in. God gets involved when he sees a man or a woman of God. He looked at Elijah laying up under the tree feeling sorry. He said, oh man of God, what are you doing here? You just called fire down from heaven and consumed it. And what are you doing here? Well, I'm tired. I understand. But get up and do what I've called you to do. And I believe that God has put some of you, a lot of you, in impossible situations today or else I would not be preaching this message. I believe that all of you can begin to identify maybe a son or a daughter that doesn't know God. They need to know God because if not, the enemy's going to destroy their life. He's here to steal, kill, and destroy. That's it. He'll steal, kill, and destroy you if you're not careful. But God has always inhabited 
praises. I don't understand this about God, but God says I'm a jealous God and no other God will be praised but me. And I will be the first in your heart or I won't be in your heart at all. He says he's number one, the only one. And he gets all the glory, all the honor, all the power, and all the praise. And I believe today we need to get to this place and allow God to do the impossible. I still believe in healings, don't you? I still believe in miracles. I have seen God do the impossible. You have seen God do the impossible. And church, it wasn't just for the previous generation. This power is for every generation that comes on the face of this earth. But it takes people who will stand up, who will lift up, who will rise up and shout up. Sometimes we're shouting at each other. We get shouting at each other. Sometimes we get shouting down. We're shouting at our kids. We're shouting at our jobs. We're shouting, I mean, we're shouting at everything that doesn't bring results. And then when it comes to church, oh, i got to be quiet. I've never understood that. I've never understood sometimes a generation says, oh, it's too loud because that generation, when I grew up, that generation had big old speakers on top of the churches that wasn't only having the loudness in the church, they, they, they let the whole community know we're having church. And they had that thing cranked up, and they'd ride around in station wagons with the big speakers on top of there, come and join us tonight for, you know. And man, they were loud all the time. And I get to church like, wow, these people are rocking the house. Victory in Jesus would last two hours, man. All of a sudden, they'd get, be thinking they were through. Somebody start clapping and praising God. Somebody take off running. Here we go again. Another hour of praise. Why? Because there's power in the shout. There's power in the praise. There's power when you declare, I will believe God for the impossible. The impossible. So I want you to stand with me this morning. Psalm 47.1 says this. Clap your hands, all ye people, and murmur. No. Moo-moo. Complain. I think all pity parties need to be canceled. I think we need to stop looking at the people up on the walls, laughing at us, mocking us, and going, hey, that's what your God does. Your God brought you here? Yeah, right. We got a party on the wall. We're going to laugh at you. We're going to mock your God. We're going to do everything. Because we've done this before many times. And I got to tell you, sometimes the enemy is daunting. It's scary when he comes face to face in your life. It's scary. But Jesus came to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. We are to be people who are happy. We're to be people who are victorious. We are to be people that when we praise, all hell gets crushed down. And God is exalted. I believe we are going to be the church that we will exalt Jesus Christ because the word of God says if he is exalted, he will draw all men unto him. Our job today and every day is to exalt Jesus Christ. But I believe our job right now in this church is to take the impossible and let God get involved. 
you have to invite God in to the situation. And maybe you've put up walls. Maybe it looks like you're outnumbered. Maybe you're looking today and you're going, Pastor, we've never done it like that before. Never done it like that before. It's okay. Because sometimes, sometimes God does something different. So right where you're standing, and this is where I don't know what I'm going to do next. In every service, this is... We sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.